0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Vegas Bag Room. I'm Pat Thompson, your host, and we're here with Coach Jean-Paul Hebert from the UNLV Running Rebels. So let's talk a little bit about golf, Coach. How'd you get in the oh, game? Oh, yeah.
1: That's a good topic. Let's <laughs> talk about golf. Yeah.
0: How'd you get in the game?
1: You know, um, I, can't, I can't mention anything about my experience in the game without really talking about my family. My, my father and my uncle Jay and Lionel Abair, respectively, uh, grew up in Lafayette, Louisiana. And um, just out of nowhere, one day, my dad, at the age of ten, 1933, he was a bat boy for a, a team there in Lafayette, uh, for the uh, that played in the Evangeline League. And he's walking home from the uh, from the baseball park, and, a, and an old guy getting ready to tee off named Earl Mouton. Saw him, saw a kid walking by and he said, hey kid, we need another caddy in our group. I'll pay you 50 cents. He thought, you know what, I've got 63 cents. I'll, I can tack on 50 to that. So he runs over, they hand him a bag. Um, they all teed off. He grabbed the bag, started running. Mr. Mouton says, hold on kid, we don't, we don't run in this game see that caddy right there, just do everything he does, it's a nine-hole course, we're going to go around it twice, that'll be 18 holes, they did it, they played, he said, hey, tomorrow we're going to play again at 1230, if you can make it back, we'd love to have you, and that became his gig, he started caddying at Lafayette Municipal, a few years later, his younger brother, Lionel, started caddying there as well, and it became their passion, the game of golf, how good could they could they be? They went on to uh, play collegiate golf. My father Jay was actually a, a member of the nineteen forty-seven national championship team at LSU. Wow, um, impressive! That was after uh, two and a half years in, as a Marine and saw some action on Iwo Jima. Okay, and um, uh, he's, he uh, he healed completely from a from a leg wound and. Um, and they, they, they went on to have a career in the game. Um, between the two of them, they had 12 PGA Tour wins, um, two majors, they each won a PGA Championship, somehow. Um, both played Ryder Cups, and, and my father was the, the Ryder Cup captain in 1971, the American Ryder Cup captain, there's a, there's a little board right up there. Oh, that's impressive, that's so cool. Wow. So, that's how I got started in the game, to answer your question. You know, I was raised in a golf family, and around a lot of good players. Grew up out of Champions Golf Club in northwest side of Houston, where Jackie Burke and Jimmy Demerit, place they started in the late '50s. Mr. Burke is still there, every day. He's a hundred. Wow, hundred years old. Wow. He goes in there for Hey, you are not dying, right? Just keep moving and stay angry. Yes. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> stay angry.
1: Stay angry. And, um, and so, you know, that's how I got started. I played a bunch of sports growing up because that's what we'd love to do. Golf was always just kind of there. Mm -hmm. And when I was about a junior in high school, I kind of thought, you know what? Maybe it's time to get serious. Started playing golf year-round. Got a a golf scholarship to the University of Texas. Had four great years there. Played with Justin Leonard for four years. Um, We didn't win a championship, but we were runner-ups our final year. And... um, so golf has been a... <laughs>
0: <It's> <laughs> Joe's been just getting this drink, it's, everybody, it's, behind it's, the scenes. It's, it's been a big part, a part of my life. You know? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I was looking at some of the other things, you know, the two NCAA titles when you were coaching. Um, six top NCAA finishes, National Assistant Coach of the Year, which is a big honor, really. It really, It really is. Uh, five Big 12 championships. That's To me, that's phenomenal. Some of us people that, yeah. you know, had to go do jobs and stuff, and they look and go... Wow, man, I mean, that's just one hell of a ride. I know, thank you. I wanna take you back to about
1: 2010. Let's do it. Where I was um, an assistant golf professional at the University of Texas Golf Club in Austin. And I was also an associate producer for Golf Channel and CBS, kind of a freelance spotting producer for live tournament golf. And so that was only probably 15, 20 weeks a year. I was kind of filling in the weeks at UT Golf Club. And I got to know the team, the current team there. Um, And Coach Fields, Coach John Fields, who is still the coach there at Texas, came up to me one day and he said, you know what, I, I would like, I'd like for you to be my volunteer assistant coach. And I kind of thought, well, I've got two jobs already. Sure, I'll be a volunteer coach Um, So, yeah, Coach, uh, what do you mean to do? I'll practice with the team a couple days a week. Mm -hmm. He said, no, no, I want you to travel with us to every tournament. I want you to help help me with our alumni. And I want you to help me with one player on the team, Cody Gribble. Cody was a sophomore, an All-American, good player, but he was kind of the life of the party. Okay. He enjoyed college. Gotcha. And, And he just needed to kind of just get a little bit focused uh, and by the way, Cody has just made three consecutive cuts on the PGA Tour. Yes,
0: he has. I've been watching. Um,
1: and so I started getting involved with the team like that, and I was enjoying it. But I was working two jobs, volunteering whenever I could. Volunteering meaning doing it for free. Yeah, No. no pay. Pay our expenses, you know, buy me a meal from time to time. Yeah. And then travel with the team and kind of help the team. That I had had previously played for. The next year, Kramer Hickok and Jordan Spieth come in.
0: And we just, I mean, we just had an incredible year. Now, did now, you assist in recruiting those guys or did you, you know? I Indirectly. Okay. Uh, you know, as a
1: volunteer coach, per NCAA rules, you, you cannot do any off campus recruiting. Yeah. So but you, you could, can see that what they yeah, do and, and you can talk to coaches. And then when they come onto the campus, you yeah. can. You can recruit them there. Yeah. So, anyway, we, we went on to win the national championship that next year, the spring of 2012. And that team was Jordan Spieth, Cody Gribble, Dylan Fratelli, Julio Vegas, the younger brother of Jonathan, and Tony Hakula. Uh, we beat Alabama's team of Justin Thomas, Cor- Corey Whitsitt, um, um, and if three other very very good players yeah
2: isn't that kind of where the rivalry all begins with Justin Thomas and Jordan Jordan
1: Spieth Spieth, yeah yeah and they had grown up playing against each other you know just really quickly when we played against Alabama in that final match um, we go through a kind of a President's Cup style of selecting these matchups so it's Mm -hmm. not like they just line up one through five it's kind of like okay we've got they've got the higher seed they're gonna throw a player and then we're gonna match one and then we'll post you know, and and it's like an S curve down there, and so before we went into the selection, I talked to the guys and I said, hey, does anybody have any preference? You know, anybody have a matchup that they really want or don't want? And they're all like, no, coach, we'll we'll, we'll play whatever, whatever you want us to do. And I'm kind of walking away, and Jordan comes up and says, hey, give me Thomas. I want Thomas. And that's what those kind of guys were. Best want. of the best on both the, teams. The, the, you know, the Wow. A guy like Jordan Spieth, Scotty Scheffler, um, Doug Gim, Bo Hosler, all those guys that were really, really great match play players. They always wanted to play the best player that they could. I think the better the better match that they had it brought, it just brought the best out of them. Mm-hmm. But anyway, 2012 we won a national championship at Texas. 2014, I was I was able to come on full time as the full time assistant coach, which is awesome because it brought you in. I mean, so, that's that's a hard thing to get, to get really, really yeah. hard get. It is. So hard. I so I got to quit the two other jobs, and,
2: and, and then now golf. I just
1: could just focus on being an assistant coach, which is like seven jobs. Yeah, and but, it's a passion because it's golf, but it's more enjoyable. Right. And right? so, um, the last eight years, I was the assistant coach at Texas, and and we just magically won another championship this past May, last May 2022, um, which was 10 years from the first one that I was a part of in 2012. But in between those, you know, we made it into the match play. Um, I was, we were in the match play portion of the NCAA championship, seven out of the last 10 national championships, which is, which is in, you're in the top eight. So imagine being in the lead eight, seven out of 10 years. Winning two times, runner-up twice.
0: That's really, impressive it, resume. I mean,
1: it's just hard. That's hard, an impressive hard. resume. I mean, that's awesome.
0: So anyway, that was my Texas coaching OK. So experience. let's talk. So now we're here at UNLV, where you're the head coach now we're in the big Vegas. dog, Las by the, Vegas. By the way, the strip is right there. It's right over, right down the street. I mean, it's right off of Harmon. So let's talk about your bunch now. I mean, you got, what do I got? One senior. George Lee. Senior. George Lee. Yep. You got four freshmen, uh, Braden Bo- Bozak, yep. uh, Indigo. Indigo Izuzkiza. Izuzkiza. Brett Sawaga. Brett Sawaya. Billy Smith. Billy Smith. Those are four freshmen.
1: Uh, they're all doing a nice job. They really are. All up and comers. Good, Coming good in with the Um you know, some of them have more experience than others, but that they're they're proud rebels. They're having a good time. They really do. Our team
0: just now general, were these recruited really, before you came yes. in, or okay, these are all recruits before you came in. Yes, and I've met all these these guys. They're all good gentlemen. They're really really good kids. They are. Um, you have one sophomore, Aaron Jarvis. That's right. Who played in the Masters? They're I know. Masters. I heard AJ and him talking. To AJ caddy yeah. for him. Um, played in the British Open, sorry, British open, the yeah. Open Championship. Uh, open made the cut. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. And the reason he was in those two events is because he won the Latin American Amateur um, last year, 2022.
0: Which guys, Latin America has gotten very competitive. It, and you guys, that's a hard, that is a hard feat. Because I've yeah. been following that. I follow that too. Because they say that's one of the lifelines of getting into the PGA Tour. And uh, let me tell you, there's some great players out there that we don't, we haven't mm-hmm. seen yet um and then your three juniors three solid juniors Caden Fioroni Yuki
1: Moriyama and Brett Sawaya the older brother or sorry Ben Sawaya the older brother of Brett yeah um those three are, are really kind of at the
0: core of our of our team and then your number one guy your senior George Lee is it Lee right George Lee yeah senior I think I just saw him around the corner. Yeah, he, he, he was in
1: there. He's getting getting a little school work done. Yeah, they, these guys they're they're in college.
0: Sometimes I have to remind them, like, hey guys, you're in college. Yeah, because he, you you want to be academic athletes. You want to be you want them to be right there at the top echelon of academics. I need, I need them to be eligible. Yeah. Yeah, as well, you know. But yeah, I want mm-hmm. them to take pride in everything they're doing, whether it's school, golf, uh, something that they do socially, you know. Because sometimes. Hey. Let's put it out there. Be real. You don't make it. you got to have something to fall back on as a career or whatever. You never yeah. know. You know. You never know what's going to happen of with these guys. Of course not. You
1: know, I'm a big believer in them getting a degree, finish what they've started, and I just think that really sets you up for life in so many little ways that they won't know until later on. So give us a rundown of how the team's doing right now. Team is doing okay. We've got really one Really, kind of a standout player, Caden Fioroni. He's top 50 in the world in mean, amateur golf ranking. Um, he hasn't won a college event yet, but he's he's been very competitive, you know, time and time again.
0: Kind of nipping at the heels, yeah. almost there, almost yeah. got it. Just a couple uh, more strokes, he's, he's there. He's doing
1: really well. And then you know what? We've got a team of of some real talented guys. You know, you've you've seen these guys, um, talented players. They're all just doing what college players do they're they're learning how to become better they're learning how to fine-tune their golf game how to become a little bit smarter how to become a little bit tougher more disciplined um how to be how to have a game that could travel
0: yeah i mean that that's Wallace the hardest leagues. thing in golf you can be good at one course and be a stud out there mm-hmm. shooting under par every time and then when you go to a new track and you're blind to it you play your practice round you go out there i'll just be real you shoot a let's say a. 79 80 you're like what am i doing because yeah. you don't know the place yeah um well like and and like every club
1: yeah. you've ever been around there's a guy that shoots 68 every day yeah not just a college player but a good amateur golf yeah he'll shoot 68 every day and go call quali- try to qualify for the state open and shoot 75 and it's like what yeah what's going on here
2: so i have a question coach um when you have these kids and they've got a lot of good raw talent yeah Um, Are you getting into swing mechanics with them a lot, or is it more like mental preparation for going forward? What kind of things are you doing with the kids to kind of get them to that next level? That's a
1: great question. You know, you you have to bring in great players, and then while they're here, you want to try to develop them along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, They, you know, they have to, they have to learn so many things. Um, you can't, you know, you can't out-coach good recruiting. You just, you really can't. But they're, but they're all different. Everybody's different. You're different. Mm-hmm. He's different. And so there's parts of your game and and parts of your mind that you have to improve upon. They all have their own swing coaches or their instructors from where they're from mm-hmm. and we want them to maintain those relationships and that what we do coach Mack and and I we get to we get to know our players on a much deeper level we get to see them on a daily basis see them at their best see them at their worst we get to have an understanding of them as people mm-hmm. and as players and then we can kind of start to help them enhance their their golf games mm-hmm. a lot of it is course management management most most of it is right up here you know yeah, Jackie, the game. Jackie yeah. Burke has yeah told me that golf's a game of a ball in a club and it's played between the ears and it really truly is um, par-5 scoring uh, lag putting wedge play you know how good are you from 90 yards out to about 150 yards on all those approach shots how good are your bad shots you know it doesn't yeah. matter in a, in a stroke play format how great your best shots are. It's not good you are and get out of trouble. How, get good, up are, down. Yeah, how yes. good are your worst shots? Yes. Are your worst shots still in play? Or are they in somebody's front yard? Yeah. Right? So there's so much to developing yeah. as a player. Um, and that's really probably the most fun part of being a coach
0: mm-hmm. is being a part of each guy's development and, and you got a mental you know. coach too, don't you? With you guys, that mental coach helps you, helps them mentally right. learn how to take that bad swing and yeah. harness it, or Doc, and it Dr. comes Mark. out. Yeah, when, Mark Wagnoli. Yeah, when he comes out, when they come out for that next shot, to be whew, instead of angry yes. still about how bad they hit oh. that shot. Hey, but I was eighteen once. Yeah, me Where too. You, you were <laughs> right. Hey, I still do it, and I'm fifty-something, so I I still get angry about some of the shots I hit. But,
2: I, I try to be Pat's mental coach when we're out there.
0: Playing <laughs> he playing. does, he does, because he's like, don't worry about it. Just you, you're the best up and down guy around. I, I do. I have a great short game. That's my strong point. Because um, I've been always too short of the green, or you know, or it's too long, and I got to figure out, oh, how am I gonna get this up and down? So I got to chip it. I usually chip it close. But um, that's my thing. Is I, I'm learning how to with Joe, because he's a more calmer guy than I am. I'm very high intense, and uh, for us, it's like he's like, hey. It's only one shot, dude. We got three more to play. Right. Figure it out, you know, relax. You swing well enough, it's gonna get there. That's how it is with golf, it's a mental game. So, let's talk about like, future. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm try- I've always, I've been reading some things like on, like how NCAA recruits. Some guys sit back and they'll watch up and coming players from like the AJGA, seeing some of their scores. And what I was reading is some of them, you know, the, the high school rounds are usually 18 holes they just don't recruit from that they want to see guys playing 36 54 and see what their standings are after playing a tough two-day or tough three-day tournament you know and start seeing where these kids are going in the future where they might you know by the time they're a junior in high school where they can start talking to them is that kind of like a a set thing that most coaches do as they're going through as a head coach trying to figure out who they're going to try to pick up for their teams right well as as a coach you're you're you're, you're bringing in new players every year. Yeah. And every year
1: is kind of a different year. So you may be losing one guy one year, but then the next year you're gonna lose four. Yeah. And you know that years ahead. So so what you're doing is you're trying to, you're trying to piece a puzzle together. And and the way that one school recruits is gonna be different than the than, than way another school recruits in a different part of the country what are the academic standards here what um you know what type of kid is going to thrive yeah where and so as a coach you're kind of you know it's a little bit of an art and to like bringing in yeah the right mix of players that that are going to come here and and gel with the team yeah that too yeah um but you know i've i've seen guys that Two players that were best friends. They came into college, and then they, and their friendship kind of fizzled. And I've seen two guys that didn't like each other, come in. They learned how to really, they really respect each other, and they became best of friends. Yeah. So if you if you just have kids that want to work hard, that like the game of golf, um, and and care about the people around them. I mean, you're gonna you're not gonna have a problem. But, you know. We're trying to bring in, we're trying to build a great team. We're trying to build a successful team. And sometimes we'll go look at a high school tournament. Mm-hmm. Okay, even if it's 18 holes, fine. But if we're really trying to bring in some of the best players in the region or the country, you know, we're going to go look at some national junior invitationals. We're going to go to the Western Junior. It's played in Chicago over here. We're going to go look at the. You know, Junior America's Cup. It's kind of a Western States Mm -hmm. event. United States Junior Championship. Um, The, you know, the AJGA Tour plays all around the country. They typically have three, four events going on at the same time Mm -hmm. um, during the playing season. So I want to see kids that are successful on a local and national level. I like it. I want to see kids that, have played well in different parts of the country. That have played well over the course of maybe a year and a half. Anybody, anybody can go have a great tournament, but let me see how you're playing six months from now.
0: How they can keep it together through the full well, the full season instead of yeah, just have one great round and then come back and fall apart. I mean, it, it yeah. does happen. I mean, it happens in all sports. Right? Oh yeah, a guy could be an elite athlete, you know. A uh, good example, big fish in a small pond, right, as the the story goes. Right. I mean, I know players that came out of small towns and excelled and made it to the big time. And I know guys that came from big towns and were the best in, best in the nation never make it. So I understand where you're coming from with that. Yeah. So how does a player catch the attention of UNLV? Well,
1: kind of some of those things like we were just touching on, but – Good scores, good scores, good attitude. Good scores will will, uh, will get you noticed. Yeah, um, good scores over the over a long period of time, different parts of the country. Um, I think, you know, if that if that if a kid, um, yeah, if you if you just if a kid has a lot of the makings of a successful person and a player. And you like their chances. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at kids, I like good fundamentals, my kids that have a good grip, good short games. Um, you know, a swing that looks decent, but, but looks natural to them. Yeah, something that's not a poor swing, but something just smooth. Yeah, and you know, it's just a golf swing is just such a small part of the whole equation. You know, but um, does it, does a kid have a... Does a kid typically come back from a bad round with a really great round? Um, how does he carry himself? How does he walk? You know, um, but yeah, but, but good scores at the end of the day. End of the day, that's what it is. Yeah. You score. Yeah. Can you score? Can you score? Can you give yourself chances to win? Um, you don't have to be the number one ranked player. But, and, and are you trending in the right direction? Yeah. Are you making good decisions? You know, are you working with the same instructor that you've had for the last five years, or are you somebody that when you're when you're not playing well, you go you go try a new instructor, and, and you're constantly searching, or are you gonna be like, you know what, I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep developing it the right way.
0: Yeah, and it all depends on instructors too, because I mean, i i myself, you know, I've had instructors where they could only get me to a certain level where I needed more right. and I've had to go search for somebody who can get me to that next level. Cause I did have desires and ambitions at one time trying to make and get on the senior tour at one time. And I mean, now I just love to play golf and do what I do now. Um, but that's what I do. That's what I'm doing now. I got a coach now that I'm working with, you know, pretty solid coach and he's got me into the position where I can feel more confident in the certain shots that I've been missing. And, uh, So that's what I'm doing. That's I understand kind of reaching out for that that coach that has that little extra that knows maybe just a little more, maybe some old school uh, stuff like that that comes out where other coaches are like, Well, I don't know what more to do for you, you know. And like I get sometimes when kids go to search for something good, but if you have a solid coach already, you're never gonna have to search for that extra help. So Yeah, and I
1: I think it's great for a kid that you know, if he grows up at a club and you know, Scotty Scheffler is I know, a great example of what we're talking about, he's had the same instructor since he was nine years old. Mm-hmm. Um, he never thought, he never panicked and, and went out, you know, he, he believed in, you now Randy Smith's a great teacher, but he at least maintains the relationship there. Yeah, yeah, you know, Because yeah. that guy understands him, you know, yeah. cares yeah. about him. Um, Scotty's one of these guys that keeps it simple. Very, very simple. His wife, Meredith, I mean they've been together, I don't know, since high school. Um, His sister, Callie, used to caddy for him a good bit. Mm -hmm.
2: I heard he still drives the same car from high school. Oh
1: yeah, Scotty's not going to change a lot. (laughs) Scotty's instructor's son is his agent, Blake Smith.
0: So he keeps things. Just kind of in the family, keeps it all he keeps where it he started. Keeps it in the family. The ground roots is what I like to call that. You know, keep mm-hmm. everything solid. And keep that's it where it keeps from flaring off to some bad behavior or bad things happening to you, I think. Um, what we got, Joe? How many minutes are we on now? Oh, man. The, let's keep going. We guys want to do, all right. You're, 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 you're let's you're keep doing going, great, man. Yeah, yeah, let's
2: keep going. So. Oh, I, I actually had something. Just we were talking about the kids that you bring in and everything. Yeah. What is it like bringing some of these kids in from other states, other countries, to come to a city like this where there's so much distraction? Yeah. How do you, how do you keep them focused?
0: That's got to be hard. You know, I mean,
2: you, really it does. It does.
1: It is. I mean, this one of a the party town. One of the things that uh, that attracted me to Las Vegas was the fact that it is a, it is a one of a kind town. Mm-hmm. And it is a golf town. So. We have to kind of accept the fact that the reason this town is what it is and that why, why we have 60 golf courses here in this valley or in this area here is because of the strip. It's because of the gaming and tourism. Yeah. And so it's a part of our world, but it's not our, co- our college kids' world. You know, when they come here, it's, it, their world is going to be their team um, their their school and the academics golf we're gonna be traveling um, and this is kind of like in really uh, our home base they most of them maybe live somewhere else and so they're back home in the summers they're back home in the winters and this is kind of really where they're learning to become um, a better player a tougher player smarter player all that but yeah the Las Vegas thing and other coaches that say if we're recruiting against another school I'm sure they're going to use that you can't go to vegas you can't go to las vegas Are you kidding me go to college mm-hmm. sin city you don't want to go to college but we have some sin of the city. best golf courses in the world that we've practice got courses at. <laughs> we've got seven guys currently on the pga tour yeah that did play here yeah so obviously you can develop here so um, where do you guys practice at? shadow creek we're at Shadow Creek, Southern Highlands. Vegas Country Club. We I play at Vegas Country Club probably once every once every week or two. Yeah. We love going out there. And then we mix it up around town. We go to Bears Best probably once a week. We're hosting an NCAA regional there this year. Oh, really? I didn't know that. We're hosting one of the
0: six NCAA regionals at Bears Best in mid-May. That's going to be awesome because the weather's going to be good. The grass is going to start popping. Yeah it's going to be should be good in great shape yeah and you know the, the as you guys know
1: the the game of golf has exploded during covid and so oh, a lot of golf so our golf courses are crowded mm-hmm. so it's not like we can just show up anywhere and play yeah true that we kind of have to you know plan out plan a little bit ahead to get some tee times you got a group of team of 9 10 11 kids you know you're, that's 3 tee times yeah. So true that.
2: I was out at Coyote Springs one day and I saw the the UNLV van pop up and I was like, "Oh, looks like some practice is going to be had out there."
1: We were out there in the in the in the fall a couple times uh, during the overseed period that we that we had around town. So we went out there a couple times. And,
2: um, it gets hot out there.
0: Oh my! It's out there. Yeah. It's a ways, yeah, and it's a tough track. Right? I, I, yeah. Anybody that's out there that's wanting to come to Vegas, go play Coyote Springs. That's a tough Jack Nicholas design, and it's yeah, that track's tough. Especially where these kids got to play from, I get to play up because I'm older, but hey, from those back tees, it's a difficult track. Well, you should play up.
1: Yeah. That's what those tees are there for. Yeah, that's right. I, you that know, too. it's like one of my guys hits a ball on the toe or on the heel, and I'm like, yeah, well, that's what they put it there for. No, don't yeah. worry about it
0: <laughs> exactly the little things right but no great track to practice that too and play um, so we play around town um, we're still kind of
1: building relationships around town honestly getting to know more professionals more people um, we would love to have a rotation of five to maybe eight golf courses that we can kind of play from time to time and I think that 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 we will um, and and I, I think I think that variety is good for the team. Playing, you know, if, if you lived in a, a very very small, you know, talking about towns, college hey, towns, hey. this is not what you would call your traditional college town. You know, on the flip side it might be a small town that is a college town, but maybe there's only one golf course there, maybe two, mm-hmm. and yeah. you're and you're, you know, you're limited to that to those to that course or those courses, and there you're there every day. And our guys have the ability to play
0: a mixture of many, many different golf courses. So. And which is good, it's year-round. I mean, because if if you're in Reno, Nevada, and you want a UNR, you're lucky you play six months a year. Seriously, to get ready. I mean, they got to be hitting on monitors and everything, not putting anything down on their team. But I'm sure they have that on golf monitors, most of the winter, everything else. So.
2: Speaking of all that, do you guys here at the campus have some sort of like indoor simulators and like maybe some of the new stuff like PUP view or uh, you know the big tilts and stuff like that that you guys get to practice on?
1: We have, we don't have something that is ours. Um, we are hoping to soon in the very near future to be able to have you know a good outdoor facility somewhere. We have no idea where. Where the right place is going to be, but on campus, over there at the PGM department in the hospitality hall, they have, they've got a, a couple simulators in there, um, and they got some putting areas and things like that. So if our guys really have a, an itch to go do that, they can, they can head out over there. But the way I see Las Vegas is that, you know, this is a. This is a good weather. This yeah. is an outdoor than most, golf yes. town. I mean, do we have perfect weather? No, but who does? You know, um, and so there's really no exception. There's no substitute for just practicing outdoors, real grass. You know, putting, chipping on on really on really good grass.
0: Yeah, because you're not always going to play on hot calm days or warm calm days. It's going to be you know? rainy. It's going to be windy. Might have some sleet and snow every once in a while on the course that you're playing on. It's like that, basically, because you know, you know, basically we start here in the West Coast Swing. West Coast Swing is still usually cold. Right. It's not hot. It's cool. you swinging with more shirts on, you know, covers on, rain. Yeah. Um, Especially like a lot of times when they go to Pebble Beach, it's most of the time. Most years I've been there, to be clear one day and raining the next. Yeah. You know, and you got to get used to that hard wind too and yeah. you know and if we talk about like the open or playing in Europe even some of these players just go back to Europe and play you're going to get that cold weather and stuff so yeah it's kind of good to be able to practice in all kind of climates anyway it is you know and we have a we have a track man
1: we have a uh a GC quad we
2: just take those out
1: and we just take them outside um, i was working with one of our players yesterday with the track man just kind of going through his irons through his through his wedges and <clears throat> You know, just kind of seeing where his see if there were any gaps in there, with just carry distances. Sure. So, um, but technology is is a big part of the game today. Uh, but still, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's about shooting a score.
0: So, do, do you guys have a program? Well, not really a program here, but do they have somebody they go to to fix their lies, lofts, or what have you, shaft wise to yeah. see what's going on? Yeah, we're, we. Um, we have a relationship with Aloha. Okay, Joey. Golf, yeah, no Joey and we well. also
1: um, have access to a loft and line machine and, a, and a, um, um, even a putter loft and line machine over there at PGM. And that's the professional golf management school yeah, here yeah. right yeah. on campus. And, uh, you know, they've, they're have they they're really, really great to work with over there, by the way. And they've got a really professional Set up in there, kind of a big club repair area where their kids can learn how to re-grip clubs. And yeah. So we might take, we we do our
0: regripping right over there. For now, that's what we have. Yeah, yeah. heck um, yeah! I mean, why not? If you got the you know the resources, mm-hmm. use them because these guys are training to become future professionals and you yeah. know in the golf world. So yeah. it's kind of nice. Matter, Matter of fact, like
1: I'm you. gonna meet Brett Sawaya today at one
0: o'clock over there.
1: Okay, and we're gonna check his lofts and lies throughout his set and see uh, see how things match up.
0: Yeah, because, you know, I mean, it's good to check out here because a lot of places here, um, if you go to, a, like even my club, at Las Vegas Country Club where I work, you're hitting off mats most of the time. A lot of these places right now are on mats. Not a lot of different places are on dirt right now. So it can change right. your, your lofts and everything else. And, uh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, what a place to have to be able to go do that. Other places don't have PGM programs. No. So they don't have that resource. So that's kind of nice. So I'm about done with all this. I mean, I'm thinking pretty good. I think we have a good round about what UNLV golf's about. I'm really excited for you guys. I'm, I mean, the plan in the future. Hopefully, we can eventually get there and be like Texas and get a national championship. Well, I, I, That'd be nice, would I'll tell it? you,
1: UNLV golf.
0: There, there's an expectation there.
1: Um, UNLV golf is a national. It's a nationally recognized golf program. Absolutely. And. and we want to become more and more of a national golf program. We want to recruit the country, we want to compete around the country. Um, we want kids within a sh- few short years to be a f- 14, 15 year old kid sitting there at the dining table at home, talking to their parents, you know, maybe talking about, you know, where could I go play college golf? I don't know. Well, Texas is a great place. Florida's got a historically good program. You know Vanderbilt's got a good, good program. Arizona State. I'd love for UNLV to just to be in the in conversation. Their minds, yes, yeah. you know absolutely. And so the more that we can do to to be a national program, um, we obviously have to you have to compete. Um, we have a great schedule, um, something we really pride ourselves in. But we want to bring in good players, develop the guys. But the, when they when they walk out of here, I want them to look back on the time that they spent here feel really good about it. Absolutely. Like, you know what? That was a really good experience. And,
0: and I'm ready for whatever life throws at me. So, Joe, can you hand me the balls out of there with my hat or whatever? Excuse me, guys, but i got to do this because I forgot that we have to throw these out there because we are working with these companies right now. So if you guys' hats get all sweaty, you know how they get all sweated out. No, 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 no. So they make these new things called the Stankys. You guys can see, this guy's out of Oahu, his name's Russ. And they fold into your hat, and it saves your hat. Joe's been doing a test for what now?
2: It's on eight rounds.
0: Eight rounds of golf, no sweat marks on, 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 on his white, white hat. On
2: a white hat, too.
0: Yeah, saves the hat. They're uh, machine washable, you can take them out and wash them. And we wear them in the Vegas bagroom hats all the time. And then we also, you know, this is what they look like. They come in this little sleeve. They come in white and black, as you can see, Coach. And they're good to save all the hats that you guys go through. And also Encore Golf, the Vero X2. If you guys are interested, we're working with them. We're trying to get things going on board with them. And then they also have uh, the Vero X1. Pretty good golf ball so far, huh, Joe? Yeah. I'd like I would
2: like.
0: mean, for, for sure. I mean, I played Pro V1X. I've been playing these for a while. Hey Amen. When they're a lot cheaper, and but they play really sturdy and strong, so I like them. I still hit them long. For being at 56, hitting them up 300 yards, you're doing pretty good.
2: All right, and um, because we have one last segment of the show, we like to end it oh, yes. with Dugan it out. Pre- uh, presented by Scott Dugan. Scott Dugan. And uh, Appraisers
0: Incorporated.
2: My, my, my Dugan it out topic today. I had to ask it live golf. Do you see it being good for golf?
1: Well, it's it's something very different. Yes. It's something very Absolutely. different. Um, I think we'll have to wait and see if it's good for golf. I, I think so far it probably is. I think it, it might be attracting a different segment of, you know.
0: People's interest, uh, of interest. Yeah. yeah,
1: you know what? I mean, now those players have they've made a decision. They've decided to go take the money basically. Yeah. They've made a decision. So whatever you wanna call it, they've cashed out. They've, um, but they made a decision and, and and that's fine. That's a decision that they've made. And, yeah. and if that's the, what they wanna do, they don't wanna really play championship golf from week to week, then okay, that's a decision that they've made um, I'm very proud of the people that have stood by the PGA Tour and that have, you know, continued to try to find a way to make the PGA Tour better. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and to be able to play a championship basically every week,
0: mm-hmm. um, that's really what competitive golf is, is about. I'm really excited to see what's going to happen with them when they come over, the ones that can come over and play the Masters. Kind of see where their game's at, if their game has fallen off. Or they're actually still playing sharp golf and competitive golf instead of just having a good time like on the party scene. I guess you would call it. I don't know how you call it. Right. Um, I watch both. I mean, I'm more of a. I mean, I watch all the PGA stuff. I mean, because this is what I do, and I watch yeah. all the lift stuff. So I'm, I'm kind of. I just can't wait till the Masters comes because then we'll get right. a true reckoning and see where these guys' games are really at. Right. Really.
1: And it, you know, and I think it might take two or three years for us to know, kind of how how things will shake out. It's, as far as all four majors, yeah, absolutely, you know, getting being able to get into the majors, yes, um, absolutely. Obviously, a U.S. Open anybody can qualify for a U.S. Open.
2: Yep. Do you ever see a day where possibly Live and PGA and all the other tours around the world will just coexist and be able to be in a, a legitimate open market? I mean, obviously, I, I, qualifications know, uh, aside, you know, you got a certain criteria that you got to have to get on a PGA tour event. Yeah. But um, you know, some of these players that are on Live, they're probably still had great, you know, PGA stats as well. But you know, being able to, sure. just like European players, you know, Rory McIlroy, for instance, you know. Was you know at the top of his game on the European tour, but you know right. he got a couple of wins on the U.S. tour. Then all of a sudden now, PGA is his yep. main deal. You know, so he kind of jumped ship from his tour. In, in, We're in just being devil's said. advocates this no, no, so, yeah. no. I mean, That's I think it's
1: probably really good to have multiple tours around the world mm-hmm. because you know it's it's going to be able to serve a lot more players. You know, a PGA Tour, European Tour, or whatever they call it, the DP World Tour now. Yeah. I mean, they play all Latin the America,
0: Japanese yeah. Tour, Korean Tour,
1: whatever they um, got going on. And, you know, so now you you have so many different places where people can play. If somebody prefers to live in, you know, London and be based there, and they want to play on the DP World Tour, you know what, uh,
0: uh, it's, it's great. Yeah. kind of where Kurt started. He got two uh, exemptions and won two in a row, and boom, yeah, he started exploding. I mean, ultimately, all people want to try to eventually get
1: to the pga tour or get get to a place where they can play against the best players in the world on a weekly basis be able to play in majors three of the four majors are played in the u.s um you know you, you, if you're trying to be the best you want to be playing against the very best in the world but there's so many different tours there's an australian mm-hmm. pga there's tours in south africa the sunshine tour there's a mm-hmm. japanese there's a japan tour and so I think that they kind of, you know, they serve different purposes. And so I think it's probably good good to have. Yeah. Um, which tour will eventually be maybe the ultimate or the pinnacle of competitive golf? I, I don't know. Time will tell. Yeah. I
2: think time will tell on this whole thing. I mean, yeah. you know, who knows? Well, big shout-outs to all the UNLV uh, alumni that played in the match play this week and uh, tournaments yeah. this week. They all did really well
0: Harry Hall was top what, top 13 he was 13th yeah and yeah, then you had down in uh, the Dominican yeah in Kuticana yeah. Yep. yeah and then you had Taylor Montgomery who put in a great show His first two rounds winning yeah. the first two and then losing the third one he put on a great show I think top I think they put I don't know what, what he got what position they put him in his ranking wise awesome show awesome yeah. show to watch yeah and hey. Justin
1: Kim Not Kim yeah Actually, I think it might have been his PGA Tour debut, but he, he played this week in the Dominican Republic. Yes, 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 yes. Missed yes, the man. cut, but, hey, he, he was
0: there. He got there.
1: You got to get you there. You and I weren't
0: there. You got to get there to try to make the cut, for sure. We're Amen. Not. Yeah, so, hey, everybody, thanks for watching the Vegas Bag with I'm Pat Thompson, your host.
2: Joe Cancino, bogey. And here. we're
0: here with Coach Jean-Paul Lebert, and I appreciate you letting us come and interview you. And it was a great time, man. Thank you so much. I wish you all the best with UNLV Golf, and uh, peace, everybody. Watch us on Instagram and also on Facebook. Have a good day.